Welcome to the Timothy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Welch, and this is my co-host, Chad Hunsberger. Very good job. Uh, you took I the s- point. Yeah, I, I, I yes. gathered that that's what you wanted me to do. <laughs> to introduce yourself. Yeah, I thought well. it'd be fun. We're, we're mixing it up, Chad. Yep, Doing here a we are. different today. It's Christmas. I mean, so why not? Well, hey, right? Well... So it's Christmas season. I'm not sure how those two things connect. We love that. But I don't know. Everything else wonderful. seems to be. I do love Christmas. Yeah. And everything Happy seems times. to kind of be in crazy mode right now. It's you full know. speed. It is full speed. This is that time of year. It's awesome uh, and exhausting at the same time. So, okay. So lots of fun Christmas stuff going on right now. Yeah. Um, so do you have a favorite Christmas song? Christmas song. Or Christmas Carol. Did you know those are two different things? I looked it up to verify. That I'm actually sure is two did. different things. <laughs> Two different things. Well, that makes a Christmas sense. song. Is a cr- go ahead. Can be any song that's about Christmas. Christmas Carol was like a hymn. Christmas Carol would be related to the story of Jesus. Yeah, yeah somehow connected to. Uh, Just interesting because the play mm. Christmas Carol is yes. not. Related to At Jesus. All, which is really weird that they call that a Christmas carol. When it's not. So when I'm just saying. Not. I agree. I agree. Um, we should call it I, I really recently mm-hmm. have have two. Two? Yeah. So my wife's favorite is, um, is come, th- come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Ah, Such good. a good one. Yeah. And uh, pretty much every year, David says, hey, are there any Christmas songs you mm. want? And I always say... Come that long, long experience yeah. to Jesus. Smart uh, I do husband. love that one. That's a I marriage tip. Recently, for the day. yeah, <laughs> recently just been re-listening to "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel." No way. That and is one of my most favorites. Love the lyrics to that mm-hmm. one. So but good. They're, one of the new ones that I really, really like is um, uh, 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 the one, oh, the un. What is it? Oh, come all you unfaithful. Come all you unfaithful. That's a brand new Uh, one, right? Isn't that fairly new? I mean, it's in the last few years. Okay. And, uh, man, that one took me a minute to get Mm. there. Thanks for your help. Um, (laughs) I'm here to help. That's my job. But that one is really good. Of course, I love Go Tell It on the Mountain. Do you really? Love that song. Yep. It's fun. It's just like... It is fun. I got a little pep to my step with that one. How many did I ask for? I like... I think I said A. Um, Colin, our producer Colin confirmed the fact that I asked, "What is your favorite?" And I, Not, what are your favorites? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's okay. I'm giving you. Do you have you more? You said bonus, so I'm giving bonus. <laughs> Thank you. I love this. We appreciate Joy to the, the world. Joy to the world. I mean, think about j- again. Here's the thing about song. some of these Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. The the lyrics, like we we pass by them. Oh yeah, we but do. there are some mm-hmm. some pretty great lines. There's some awesomely rich. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Theological yeah. lines in these songs. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. So do you want? Do you want to know my favorite? Did, did you want? To know you already heard, said it. Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. No, that's one of my favorites. Oh no, you said yeah. one. <laughs> that is one. Okay, so. that is that is a yeah. favorite. And mm. I was like, you know, that actually is. Pot, I've been listening to a particular black. version. <laughs> okay. I was listening to one particular version of that that I like better than others right now, but mm-hmm. it, it's really good, that O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Got some great words uh, in that song. But I really think, okay, so if we just go with Christmas song, my favorite Christmas song, the one that really makes me feel Christmassy is, uh, I, don't, I don't even know the name of it, um, but it's Chestnuts Roasting by an Open Fire. I don't know the name. Is that the name? No. What's the name? I um, have no idea. I think it's one of those... That has a different name. Everybody thinks it's that. Yeah, that it. But it's like you know exactly what I'm talking it's about. It's like uh, producer Colin. Are you looking it up right now? Oh, it's good. Like, Thank you. Uh, I should know oh, that. Oh, oh, it's something totally different. It might just be called a Christmas song. <laughs> Where were you going? 
Christmas song? I don't know. But it's a great that that's a great song. That one makes me feel it's very called the, I no just got way. it right. You got it's it called right? the Chris the okay. Christmas song. I have I have I a um, so prize pumped for right you. now. When we get back to the office, I'll give you a sticker. Okay. Congratulations. And it's really good. I'm gonna throw this out. You got Land Yap. Wow. Yay. Yeah, that no, also that means, means a little extra. A little extra. Yes. Uh Colonial Heights put out a new oh, Christmas song this year, and it is excellent. Ah. And it was a favorite of the season. Like oh, I've only heard it for a few weeks, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it will forever be one, but I feel like it'll probably <laughs> be up there for me. Oh, I think it's going to be And there. it's it's now currently on uh, like iTunes and oh, yeah. all, Spotify, all those places. And it's I actually know the name of the song. Prepare Him Room. Ooh, good job. Good job. I was worried you didn't know. And it was written by our very own. David Leonard, yeah, by our own very own David. Producer Leonard. Colin, did yes. did you were you a part of any part of that song? On the recording, or you played the drums Ooh, on it? See, and producer Colin was a part of it. There you go. I listen to it often. Does that count? Sure. I mean, there you go. I'm a part of it. <laughs> hey, and and here's something that as we we're talking about, I don't know the if the listeners lyrics. are really signing up for this. Oh yeah, they've they already they're checked excited. out. I think they're excited <laughs> because they're this is causing them to think through their favorite Christmas songs and the, and the reasons why. And I do think it's fun. I think you know the one that I mentioned. What's it called? A Christmas song. The Christmas, the Christmas song. song. So yeah, so that I guess it makes sense that that would be my favorite. You know, just secular Christmas song. Whatever, I love that one. Uh, it makes me feel like going and sitting by a fire and uh, roasting chestnuts. Except sure. for the fact that chestnuts are not really good. Um, I've had those when I was traveling overseas. Roasted chestnuts right there they on sound the street. Terrible. It's not good. My my dad bought some recently. We had some. They were terrible. Uh, he tried to give them away to all of us. They were still terrible. I forgot uh, about a holy night. I know. I actually have a list Chad is looking at right now. I didn't even see that Parade one. Parade Magazine. Parade Magazine, which Are I know Chad really is one of your favorite. Yeah, isn't magazine? that one of your favorite magazines that you All read right. often? So this Move year on. they put out a top 45 Christmas songs. And so I was, I was looking through hmm. that for something else that I'm doing. And so I brought that with me today. That's so Chad's good. looking through there uh, to see. But yeah, I encourage you look back through tradition, um, thinking about those kind of things is valuable. But there's a couple of things. Uh, one of them is a line. There's two songs. One we mentioned, one we did not. They got me thinking. Um, about our topic for today. And, and one of those is in Prepare Him Room by yeah. the David Leonard, our David Leonard. First verse says, One holy night in Bethlehem, as heaven came to earth, glad tidings filled the winter sky. Good news for all the world, for unto us a child is born, the Savior of us all, the infinite incarnate mm. Son, now humbly dwells within us. I'm sorry, with us. I kind of messed that up. That's why they don't let me sing. But great song, great lyrics, speaking there about the incarnation, the child that is born, the infinite incarnate son. Also, another one that caught my mind was written by another famous songwriter, almost as famous as David Leonard, a guy named Charles Wesley, um, who wrote back in the day, um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Do you know that one? You did not mention that as one of your favorites. But I should have. You gave me about 40 favorites, and that wasn't know? one of them. Do you However, think about why I should why say that's one of my Hark favorites. the Herald. Angels Continue. Song. Yes. Um, because you like Charles Wesley? No, it's just a great like song. Hark the Go Herald? ahead. Oh, it's a great song. Anyway, but second uh, stanza, or yeah, would it be stanza? Is that the right musical term? Second stanza, stanza says, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. So as we're getting closer to Christmas, 
uh, one of the things that as you as you listen to these songs, uh, as we hear these, it is easy for us to, as you said, breeze past the lyrics and not really think about what we're singing or why we're singing it. Uh, and if we do so, then we run the risk of missing out on some really good theology. And uh, so considering that idea of the incarnation, that's uh, our topic for today is thinking about what does it mean to us? Um, why is that important um, that Jesus was incarnate uh, as the Son of God? Incarnate, I looked it up, <laughs> believe it or not, and it actually means embodied in the flesh, embodied in the flesh. Um, and when I think of the incarnation, um, oddly enough, maybe uh, the, the first verses out of the Bible that come to my mind, and I want to start us with that, I'll tee it up, and okay. then you jump right in. Um, it is coming out of John 1, uh, some of the, the, the verses there. And so verses 1 through 5 say, In the beginning was the Word. You familiar with this? Very, yeah. Absolutely. Was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then skipping down to verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh. We're going to talk about that a lot today. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Good job quoting along with me there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so those are my favorites when it comes to thinking about the incarnate Son of God. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I don't know, Chad, what, what what comes to your mind as as you think about the importance of Jesus coming as the incarnate Son of God at Christmas time, considering those verses and any others? Yeah, I I genuinely feel like as uh. As Christians, we often forget to think about how, like, significant. I mean, this question is huge. How significant it is that the God of all things, mm -hmm. all people, all, like, the creator of the universe mm -hmm. came to earth. Right, um, there. The closest thing that any other false religion comes to that is like Greek mythology, when you know a uh, uh, one of their false gods would interact with humanity in some weird way, like you get Hercules, right? Oh yeah. So these really weird Thor. things, right? Okay. I think of Marvel. Yeah, Thor. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yet, any any. Um, Active today religion um, sees the, the, some of the most significant pieces to their religion is that their gods or God has to be off, like stand off, like has to be far away. In the distance. And so the fact that God came to earth is mind-boggling. Oh, yeah. Okay? First of all, mm -hmm. that, I think we missed that. That's and right. second of all, the fact that he came to earth as a human is even more mind-boggling. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think as, especially as pastors and preachers and leaders, we just say those things. We sing songs with incarnate in it. We say, oh, the infinite became incarnate. Oh, this is cool. Like, oh, yeah. uh, And we even forget the magnitude of what we're saying. Okay, so I want to lean into that. But then secondly, um, I was looking back at, uh, my systematic theology book. So this is Wayne Grudem from uh, um, when I was in seminary some good taking stuff. this class, right? And he talks about three things that are specifically um, significant about the virgin birth, but uh, the the first of which is not related necessarily to um, the fact that Mary was a virgin, but the fact that uh, Mary gave birth mm. to Jesus, which means that he was... Uh, like this is fulfilling the promise that this, that the Savior would come from the seed of a woman. Mm-hmm. So like this is Genesis three kind of promise. Right. So it has to happen that way mm-hmm. first of all. So so promise fulfilled in the humanity of Christ. Second of all, the um, it it unites the concept of full deity, full humanity. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, which maybe in some other podcast we can try to wrestle with that. But the the challenge incarnate. Incarnation means the that the God became flesh, like right. That's so right. Um, th- that's the concept of incarnation. Is John that he actually yep. did this, right? Mm-hmm. And so then uh, it, it is how significant uh, a, a, with Jesus not being if he's not man, then his death would not cover our sin. That's true. Like it, it has no. to happen that way. So, the significance of the incarnation is, uh, like, I don't even know that there's a big enough word <laughs> for right. it. Yeah. Um, drastic, extreme, mm-hmm. vital. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't, you can't have Christianity yeah. apart from Christ. Right. You, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. you can't have any. You can't have our religion. Yeah. You can't have our faith. You can't have salvation. This, it doesn't happen apart from this, and in particular, apart from um, birth, because it has to come from the seed of a woman. So, like yeah. promises to be fulfilled for God to do what He said He was going to do. All of these things have to happen, and so, um, in mm-hmm. order for it to be proven that He is also fully God, it has to be a virgin birth. Yeah. So, which just adds to the complexity uh, and the challenges. And so, I would say that the magnitude of the incarnation of Christ is probably something that we too often gloss over yeah. in the glimmer of uh, even even hope and joy and peace and mm-hmm. those those things that we get as a result of the incarnation. Yeah. yeah. So. Really exciting that mm-hmm. we have hope and joy and peace because, but exciting because That's we right. have it from Christ who is God who came to us. Yeah. And so I want to pull out a few of those things that you mentioned mm-hmm. and kind of, uh, I don't know, drill down a little bit on those. One of those being the importance of, you mentioned several times in their prophecy and things that we know to be yeah, true. Yeah. And so I, I do think that uh, in, in a day and age, where it seems to be more popular to lean toward the New Testament and to, you know, not that New Testament is bad, but right. uh, in order or maybe um, at the exclusion of the Old Testament, sure. um, we're reminded at such a time as this how important it is for us 
to know the prophecies, to know the Old Testament, to mm-hmm. know what has been foretold. Otherwise, we completely miss the significance yep. of why Jesus came, what he came to do, and how he came and how that fulfilled it, right? Yep. So yep. so this is one of those times more than ever when it feels like a New Testament holiday, right? Christmas, Jesus coming, right. we know it comes up in the Gospels, and yet this is one of those times that as pastors, ministry leaders, missionaries, we need to be pointing people back to the Old Testament and how important it is that Jesus is fulfilling all of those things That's right. uh, that, that were pointed out back then. And I would say... Um, we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast about some things to mm-hmm. you can do as leaders to change things up or whatever. But I would say one of those things is to preach Christmas messages from the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. One is a way to do that. Two, to preach passages like Matthew 1, uh, the genealogy. Yeah. So you are connecting all that now has happened. Like, mm-hmm. okay, he's coming or come now. That's but right. But looking back through the lens of those first listeners, those first readers, those first observants who would have looked and, and seen yeah. that lineage as, as maybe even more significant than we can imagine oh, now. Um, so I think those are some ways mm-hmm. you can do that. You can connect some of those uh, dots, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, back to the Old Testament easily. Um, and so right. it, is, it is that important. And I think by being anchored to the Old Testament, what is prophesied, reading and studying well what the New Testament says is going on, can keep us from a slippery slope in even the incarnation in this particular doctrine that I was reading in. Uh, well, John you, 1 doesn't matter if Genesis 1, Genesis 1 doesn't exist. Yeah, absolutely. And so you've got to have those tied together. Yeah. Otherwise, you take one and you try to make it practical for right. us, and it's very easy to leave out parts that are important. I was reading in uh, You Are a Theologian, um, one of our favorite books, yeah. uh, Jen Wilkin and J.T. English, and there, there's a section on the Incarnation where he actually goes through, he talks about the hype, or he, they, yeah, whichever me, one wrote they, <laughs> yeah, whichever one, or they, I guess they both did, the hypostatic union, the dual nature of uh-huh. Christ, the idea of him having both full humanity and full deity at the yeah. same time and talks about how if we mess up either side of that at all we right. we fall into ancient heresies that have been around for a long time they list them in the book yeah. um, but it's one of those things that reminded me of the importance of knowing doctrine mm-hmm. knowing what we believe uh, making sure that that we're reading and, and staying up to speed That's with right. what others for research, uh, getting ready. You pulled out Grudem and, and read Systematic <laughs> Theology to get ready for this podcast. I went also to uh, you are a theologian and to some other um, documents. To, Did you go find? I, I read some articles. Also as went well. to Timothy Keller has a Advent book called oh, yeah. um, uh, Hidden Meaning of Christmas. No, I think it's just called Hidden Christmas. Hidden Christmas. I think. Um, I didn't bring it up here mm-hmm. with me, but also has some really unique yeah. stuff about, and, and I would say a little bit easier, like a little bit more accessible, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for something to give to somebody who has some of those questions, mm-hmm. Keller is such an apologist, oh, yeah. was such an apologist, that um, a, a good yeah. resource to, to share. It's I mean, it's like one of those real small ones, yeah. um, but but really worth the, the read. I found some good articles also on... Um, 
uh, Gospel Coalition mm-hmm. uh, website, uh, just as I was looking around for some different views. Yeah. I do think it's important for us to consider what are others saying about this yeah. topic, uh, and and especially as we consider church fathers, uh, those who have gone before us, so that we can make sure we do not fall into any kind of heresy or in any way denied that God was, he was fully God. It says the Word became flesh, right. and it talks in John 1 about the Word being in the beginning, the Word was God, right. and so at no point did ever uh, Jesus uh, relinquish his deity. You mentioned that early on, uh, and something that we see in Colossians 2 9, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Right. And in Christ, you have also been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So we get there that combination of seeing not only is, is Jesus fully divine, but he is also the one who is bringing us to fullness and mentioning that salvation. Yeah, I think that's part of your point. I mean, not your point, the point, yeah. is that Jesus has to be fully human mm-hmm. for his death to count oh, for yeah. us, but he has to be fully God for him to not be in sin. That's right. So he did not receive uh, original sin, mm-hmm. and there's a couple different ways you can think about that, that some would look at it scientifically, and there's... Uh, Certainly, scientific evidence that says you don't, while you're in the womb, you do not receive any of the blood from the mother. Yeah. And so, like, it never actually touches you. You're protected. It's crazy to it's think about. Unbelievable. So, you're not even kind of touched by the, the, you know, if, if the sin is kind of pla- passed mm-hmm. to the bloodline of Adam, as it says, uh, on a very literal sense, uh, then, then that's how. Yeah. But in the same way, part of the way it describes, uh, the in Luke, uh, when it describes the virgin birth, mm-hmm. it already calls Jesus holy because he will become, he will be conceived by the Holy Spirit, he says, and he will be holy. Mm-hmm. And so there's that kind of understanding too yeah. that, um, like his deity mm-hmm. is as important as his humanity. You can't Absolutely. have, yeah. that's why the, the incarnation, mm-hmm. like we wouldn't even. Right. Use a, a term like that. You have to have mm-hmm. both humanity and divinity or deity, you know, in order to yeah. uh, for his death and resurrection to be, well, one possible and two uh, available to us for salvation. That's right, covering all. So this, yeah. this again, I, I would say this. Um, I don't every year like walk through the incarnation and use mm-hmm. all of these terminologies in every sermon for the four mm-hmm. weeks leading up to. And I, but I, I do hope that I always talk about it, that God, the creator of the universe came mm-hmm. to be with us. That will needs to be there every year. Nice. But I would also tell you uh, listeners that are pastors don't flee from theological words. Yeah. Just do a good job of explaining them. And then you don't have to live in them, but, Again, especially uh, if you're going to sing songs that have what you are, then that have biblical theological words in it, like incarnate. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're using right? those songs. Then, yes. then um, don't be scared. Yeah, explain. Lean them. in. Yeah. yeah. It's a um, great teaching moment. Absolutely. I think this time, that's one of my favorite things about Christmas. I do think it is a good teaching time. Yep. You're familiar with the story. That's great. 
once you're familiar with the story, then you can begin to dig into the nuances yep. of it, the details that I think really make it so much more beautiful than we even typically think. So one of the guys that I was reading mentioned specifically about this being the, the incarnation implies that Jesus is uh, putting on something by addition, not not subtraction. He didn't set aside his deity, but he is adding a second nature uh, basically to himself. And that's where we're talking about that hypostatic union uh, between the two natures, that, that he is fully God, but also fully man. Um, and it's interesting to think about that. Sometimes uh, I think we each have a probably a a tendency to be more comfortable with one of those than the other. Yep. You know, to think of Jesus as more um, as God and others to think of him as more like us. And 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 I think you can't let go of either one of those. We, right. we need both. And it's interesting to me, one of the guys I was reading pointed out, he was not just a body, but he also had, he didn't just take on a human body. Right. He took on a full human nature, mind, soul, will, all of the pieces and parts of being fully human uh, so that neither his humanity nor his divinity were ever diminished in him, mm. which is interesting to think about and, and hard to consider. You mentioned that he was completely sinless, and so we needed that. We, we need a spotless lamb in order to pay the price for our sins. So I think of verses in Hebrews. Hebrews is a great spot uh, to go. Um, also, First Peter um, chapter 1 says, um, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and your hope are in God. I just think back to that Jesus was the perfect, sinless, spotless lamb, chosen from the beginning of the world. You have in, in just those few verses, that's 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21, those few verses you have the gospel wrapped up so clearly, mm -hmm. the incarnation uh, spelled out for us. Uh, and so I, I encourage you, dig into those kinds of passages as, as you delve into this topic this Christmas um, so that you're continuing in wonder. You may not, like you said, you may not use it in everything that you teach or in everything that you do, but hopefully this is something that causes us to have great joy and wonder. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how I want us to wrap up today is, as we're thinking about this. Overall, the wonder and the mystery of the Incarnation. I think uh, a lot of times familiarity can breed either contempt or neglect. Mm. We get so comfortable with the concept of Jesus, God became man, move on. And, and we move on about our business, and we go through the, the rituals. We have a nativity scene. We maybe a live nativity scene. Maybe it's uh, something else. But what we go through these things without ever stopping to really ponder or embrace the mystery uh, and the wonder that is a part of it. And, and I think that's one of my favorite things about Christmas mm -hmm. is it does feel mysterious. It, yeah. it, it's beyond our comprehension, and I don't think it's a bad thing for us to be in a place to where our minds are completely can't. blown, yeah. that we yeah. don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, no, just would affirm that, would reiterate the, the incomprehensibility. No, yeah. That's a Might great even, word. Yep. It is a word. Okay. Of, of Christ. Yeah. Like, it, it is just too big for us, which is good. If it were completely understandable in all ways and all angles and all the pieces, uh, then, man, we would 
we wouldn't need them. Exactly. And I think our culture today, a lot of times we as Christians, I think we're, we struggle with these things that we cannot understand or that we cannot um, explain easily. And then we worry, okay, well, that's going to make us look mm, less credible to yeah, the world around that's us. Right. And yet, the more I read and study and, and even live in this, what we're calling a postmodern, post-Christian world, it surely does seem like we're losing faith. In modernity, we put our, our emphasis, our trust became scientific model, our scientific method, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and uh, logic and reason and, and things like that. And just through this, uh, going from the Renaissance on, sure. you know, and, and we have this dependent upon what we can come up with and what we can divine. And, and so we left deity, we left spirituality mm-hmm. behind to some degree. And it surely seems like today, in in what I would consider very strange ways, our culture is realizing the uh, maybe having faith in science is not the best place right. to place faith. That That science is hopefully based in fact. It's true. There are some things out there that we can hold on to, but it does not explain to us which is, what is why, yeah. which is why, like you, you will find people who are uh, spiritual but not yeah. Christian. Yeah. So our job, church, is to point them to the actual answer, because there's more people now that are saying mm-hmm. they believe in something. Yeah. They're, they're the. Like there, that that group of atheists mm-hmm. is reducing to. There's probably something out there, yeah, but not necessarily giving credence mm-hmm. yet to Christ. So we've got to be the ones to deliver that. Yeah, I think they're looking for yeah. transcendence. So let's do it. Yeah, go tap it on the mountain. Too. Absolutely. Oh, there Full you go. Circle. That's good. Good job. So yeah, so I, I would encourage you to. Uh, uh, to consider these kinds of things as we're presenting this truth to the world around us, uh, that there are ways to to point to that. And I want to wrap us up with this, with the concept of um, really thinking about the dark world that we live in, that, that it does sometimes feel like we're being overcome by the darkness, overcome by uh, things that don't seem to be going well and seem to be leaning the opposite direction of Christ. And so, uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I believe it was Eugene Peterson who uh, I was reading that had written about how the church um, emphasized, the early church emphasized that Jesus came in the dark. Uh, and they often pointed out that the shepherds came at night, the wise men came at night. Uh, there were dark times. Herod was killing babies, for goodness sakes, uh, at, at this time. So it was a very dark world. Um, and, and when you consider our world today with wars and famines, tornadoes, death, suffering, all the things that are around us, I want to wrap us up with an, uh, a quote from Eugene Peterson. He said, In easier times, we left the night out of the picture, and we made of the Christmas season, a light-hearted holiday of festival and merriment. But now we are back where Christmas started, with its deep black background behind the Savior's coming, like midnight behind the star. It's pretty deep stuff. That's good. But as we think about this world, we have an opportunity to speak truth and to reveal the light in the darkness and... Mm. The light shines the best and the brightest in the darkness. 
And so we have this wonderful opportunity. So know that we are praying for you. We pray that you have a wonderful and Merry Christmas and that God uses you to share the joy, the excitement, the truth, and even the wonder and mystery of the Incarnation. Thanks for listening today. Please like, subscribe, give us a rating and review, share on social media. We'll be back on January the 1st, so be sure to tune in. If you have questions about the Timothy Project, what we share today, or have suggestions for future episodes, email us at staff at thetimothyproject.org. You can also check out our website at thetimothyproject.org. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you next time.